The new year is here. Snow in Riverton. The LPFM inventory is done and REC is returning to normal operations. National EAS test results are in and NCE applicants are making moves and killing conflicts. All that in unscripted Michi fashion coming up. REC, FCC today, Michi Bradley. Good evening from Riverton. Today is the first business day of the year, January 3rd, 2022. And wouldn't you know it, D.C. was closed today. The offices were closed due to the snow. Here in Riverton, our unofficial yardstick measurement was 11 inches. 11 inches of snow is what we estimate here in Riverton. So, We got a little bit high on some of the uh, predictions there that uh, were coming across the local news as uh, the storm was approaching. Um, Even though the D.C. offices were closed today, virtually all the FCC employees are still working remotely. And, well, today was considered a business day at the FCC. They did release a, a daily digest There was no indication that today was a closed day or a half day or anything like that. So if you had something due to be filed today, you still got to get it in there. Uh, What's been happening these past couple weeks? Yeah, we've been off the podcast here for the past couple weeks um, because this time of the year we do our normal year-end ritual, and that is the LPFM inventory. And this is where I have to go through and look at all 2,000 plus LPFM stations. And we're looking to make sure that the information that we have on LPFM.us, which is the official LPFM uh, station directory, is current. We have the current website information, the current Facebook information, current logos and, and, and formats and all that. You know, we like to keep that information up to date. And, you know, the thing is, is that um, if we can't find you, we can't list you. Uh, This year so far, as far as um, we got right now, 905 LPFM stations were what we considered active, which means that we were either able to find them. We were able to find them some way or another. And we were able to verify that they were currently active. operating and they were currently involved in their community and one thing that we do look at we look at those social media posts because i feel that stations need to have visibility and you need to make sure that you're interacting with the public not just on the radio station but also through other means including social media so 905 lpfm stations got the active award um this year 447 possibly active. Yes, possibly active. That means that um, we were able to find some information. We were able to find um, that, you know, some of these stations may have had a Facebook page, but, you know, it hasn't been updated in a while. Or we found other information, but we weren't able to really lock in that they were currently active and and you know in some say you know in some of these cases yeah there was a stream but just because you have a stream up doesn't mean you have the transmitter on so that's what we got to that's some of the things that we looked at 339 LPFM stations are carrying either on a full-time or near full-time basis 
one of the um, satellite radio networks that's out there, such as the Catholic EWTN Relevant Radio or from the Seventh-day Adventist uh, 3ABN Radio 74 Life Talk. So we were able to identify 339 stations like that. 43 of them are operated by government agencies to carry travel and emergency public safety information. And then there's the 332 that are in the limited category. And these were the ones we could not find. We could not. We searched by call letters. We searched by frequency and city. We searched by the name of the licensee. We can't find these stations. In some cases, we found the organization, but we found nothing on the website or anywhere that addressed the fact that they had the station licensed to them. So there you go. Um, You know, we're going to be doing some more work throughout the year with LPFM.us. We're going to be working on what we call the segment codes, where I go through and look at the different types of organizations. Uh, We're going to be looking at some ways of increasing the uh, diversity um, measurements. And so that way we get a better idea of how diverse these stations are, racially diverse, um, religiously diverse, as well as other groups such as, you know, LGBT and women owned. So these are the things that we're going to be looking at as, as we move forward. Last Thursday, the FCC released a report on the uh, 2021 National Periodic Test. Uh, for the emergency alert system, radio broadcasters had a 79.9% participation rate overall. And of those broadcasters that did participate, 85.4% followed through by filling out all three ETRS forms. LPFM stations had a little bit of a decline this year. Um, LPFM stations had a 49.5% participation rate with 78.7% of LPFM stations submitting all three forms. About 89% of radio broadcasters received the alert, 78.8% of LPFMs. Illinois, Georgia, and Pennsylvania were the biggest states for broadcasters not receiving the alert. Now, it's important to remember that this alert this year was only over the air using the primary entry point system. The uh, the CAP iPod system that's used over the Internet was not used this year again. This is kind of a, a retest from two years ago when they did the same test and had abysmal results. And well, we sort of had abysmal results again this time around because a whopping 12% of all participants in the test said that they had audio problems. We had them here in Riverton. Now, didn't that sound atrocious? Um, you know, this was the one of the two alerts that we received 
here at our e we have an eas box here in riverton even though we don't have a station here we do have an active eas box that works within our operational area and we got both alerts over the air that day that's from the national periodic test from earlier in 2021 and the other version actually was clearer but this was the version that was forwarded over the air and these were both sent through the um, primary entry point through Baltimore uh, on its way out here. It, it was just, it was just horrible. And you wonder why, you know, the EES is not viewed as an, really that effective system on um, on radio in some cases. It, especially out here, the the sound quality is really bad. We have, like I said, we have one good station and one bad station, and it always seems to revert to the bad station. Um, you know, if the FCC was to encourage the states and local authorities to put more alerts onto um, iPods cap and send them over the internet and also do that with the weather service too, the weather service just needs to send these directly through. Um, instead of having the radio stations monitoring VHF or using that as a backup, we need to get clear weather alerts. Um, the ones that we have here um, especially when there's tornadoes, are completely inaudible. And, you know, we've talked about this. I've played these alerts on my SoundCloud page. Um, they just sound really bad. Um, there is a proceeding right now where the FCC is looking at improving the information that comes visually over EAS alerts for television stations using the CAP iPods extended capability. They're looking at figuring out a way to try to send um, more information over the air on the radio version, you know, using the, uh, using what, you know, what some people call the duck farts, uh, you know, imagine how long that would be. Um, it would, it would, again, it would be unlistenable. People will tune out. They'll, they'll give them a more, another reason to tune to their Spotify and they'll never get another EAS alert again. Uh, bad idea. Bad ideas by the FCC on, on, on that. Um, they're also looking at um, doing CAP uh, iPods first if the um, alert comes in both over the air and from iPods to use the iPods alert first. That's a good idea. The problem is, again, the, the local and state do not always send the alerts into iPods. They, you know, the ones that we get locally... The weather service never come over the over the iPod system. It always comes over the radio. And those are the most unintelligible ones, and especially from the weather service. They're really bad out here on Delmarva. And, you know, I've addressed this issue in the past, um, and, you know, I don't know if anything will ever get um, squared away on that. But, again, that's an issue that we're working over here. Um, the FCC has also stated that ES participants need more education, continued training, improved communication with other broadcasters and their state coordinator to better understand their role and obligations as a participant in the EAS. Um, how about the FCC does a better job at outreach? Because, you know, while the big while the big companies, the Odysseys, the the iHearts, the um, EMFs and them, they have attorneys and consultants and people that sit there and read and analyze the daily digest the small mom and pop broadcasters 
the small NCE operators and the LPFM stations do not have that luxury. If anything, LPFM stations are more reliant on getting information from social media uh, than they are from getting it directly from the FCC. Also, because EAS is in the um, Homeland Security and Public Safety uh, Bureau instead of the Media Bureau, um, stuff that goes to the Media Bureau, even stuff that gets displayed on FCC Today at the very top, will it, it'll never be seen if it's for the Homeland Security uh, Bureau because we don't post Homeland Security Bureau stuff on the top part of FCC Today because 99% of it doesn't have anything to do with broadcast stations. So they there needs to be a, a better communication from you know either Homeland Security or from the Media Bureau to the local stations to remind them of, you know, these national tests to remind them of a lot of things. Um, back in 2019, we had a much higher LPFM number. Why? Because of a lesson learned from 2018, the, uh, the alerting team uh, did reach out to LPFM stations and did send them a reminder. And well, we got a, a slightly higher turnout. So, you know, there's there's lessons to be learned from both sides. Both sides are responsible for this. Upcoming dates. Uh, January 10th is when fourth quarter public file issues lists are due for full service stations. That's both commercial and non-commercial. LPFMs, you do not have to worry about this. This is not for, not for LPFMs, but this is for the full service stations. Uh, January 14th. Um, Reply comments on resilient networks. This is a, a, something that we were working on last month where the FCC is talking about uh, disaster information reporting system, mandatory use of it. I'm glad to see that our peers at the NAB, our peers at other broadcasters and such have been speaking out against a mandatory reporting. I don't think mandatory reporting is the way to go, especially in the radio industry where it's not like the wireless industry where there's, you know, there's more than just a big three. There's also a little, quite a few. Uh, comments will be uh, coming up on the uh, FM directional antenna proceeding, M uh, MB docket 21-422 on January 20th. Uh, we just saw a post from uh, comments filed by Dielectric talking about how they are using drones to do um, the uh, field strength measurements on sites. Pretty interesting stuff. You want to check that out. And uh, January 28th is the last day of the NCE settlement window. That's for the non-commercial uh, applications that were uh, determined to be mutually exclusive. Um, we're working right now with several groups and trying to deal out, working with all kinds of arrangements. But if you could, guys can figure out a way to make, as many stations um, get granted and come on the air, hey, I'm all for it. You know, we have 231 MX groups. 29 so far have fully resolved, meaning that everybody has either been dismissed or singleton. And also just a reminder, if you were singleton, if you are singleton and your application was granted, you've got 30 days from that grant to file a non-biennial ownership report. So make sure that uh, make sure you get that in there. 
FCC Today. FCC Today, the podcast today, the mostly unscripted version, can be found on Podbean and iHeart and um, TuneIn and a lot of places where you find podcasts. Feel free to call us at 202-963-0852 with your comments. You know, if you record a comment, we might put it on the air and I might respond to it. So feel free to do that. Remember, REC Networks is always on at RECNET.com. The official website for FCC Today is FCC Today, your dashboard to the audio division, actually to the whole entire media bureau at FCC.today. Until next time, this is Michelle Bradley, certified broadcast technologist. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and happy new year. R-E-C. R-E-C.